We've got a code. Use code VOLLEYPOD for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VOLLEYPOD, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on the VolleyPod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today. Good afternoon and welcome to the VolleyPod. How are you today, Todd? Davis 2024. 2024. Before we're getting it rocking and rolling. New year, Volleypod still rambling on, and I'm fired up to to get going with you. Well, me too. And uh, just excited, excited for the new year. Absolutely, me too. And uh, you know, we got a great episode today. It's just me and you today. We've been trying to get some guests on. I think that's been a great addition. I'm yeah. Well, I think that. we have. Uh, we'll have one coming on uh, next, next pod. Yeah. So that'll be cool. A little surprise. I think they call that a teaser in our big business oh, here, huh? Yes. We got a little teaser that we got a guest next next week. But uh, for this week, I think you're starting with the skill first skill of the year. What are we? First what where are we year. starting? Okay. So this. Uh, this year, this week, I'm going to talk about teaching your players to coach themselves. Okay. Player generated feedback. And my stance on this is that it's not done enough. And I think there's this attitude or I don't know, just culture of when, when it's practice, I'm telling you stuff. This player is telling, I mean, the coach is telling the player stuff. And I really feel that there is some great advantage, especially long-term, to having the players teach themselves, so to speak, and I'm going to get into what that means, um, a little bit, um, all the time. Yeah, I think we've gotten into a little bit of this in the past. I think some of the, the ecological dynamics and that idea of setting up learning environments. Yes. And can we set up learning environments that are rich? Yes. and full of feedback opportunities and chances for players to experiment, fail, find what works, and then problem solve and, and do that. Uh, so I think it runs in line with that, but you're really going to get into some nuts and bolts, and I'm, I'm fired up and curious to hear where you're going with this one today. Well, absolutely. So I think part of it is, as a coach, we need to let go of the ego and say, this: I got my team better, right? It's, it's not, I got my team better. It's, our team got better, right? Our players got better. So can we do this for a lot of reasons? Can we not have to do everything? Right. I think there've, I know there've been times in my career where I'm like, I'm coaching every single thing and I can't coach every content. We don't need a coach for every player, right. you know, on the, co- on the court. So, so that's part of it. And then the reality is that we have a lot to do as coaches. So if we can free ourselves from some of those things, especially things that we don't have to be there for so that we can direct our attention to some more, you know, sort of critical areas that can be really, really helpful. And the best players to help with this are the players themselves because they can learn how they're going to respond to the conditions, different expectations, different results. Um, now, I think ahead. there's also the, the idea of autonomy. 
Absolutely. And that, you know, we want, you know, the skills to be pressure proof, right? Yes. And if we have these players, we're always looking over at the coach after every contact and needing some kind of instruction or reinforcement or something, uh, that is probably not uh, the most successful way uh, to create a team and to make it pressure proof. I think that's a great point. Can they be self-reliant? Yes. And I think if we create some of those environments where they can coach themselves, they become more self-reliant. They see themselves as being able to be autonomous, learn on their own, and be more confident. Absolutely. And to that point, the evidence is clear that when you do that, you actually learn far more over the long term than someone who is coach-directed. Right, because they're going to take more opportunities for their own learning. They're going to create opportunities for learning because the reality is you get a dopamine hit when you improve. Yep. Right. And so, learn, uh, you know, improving becomes addicting. And um, when they can get a taste of that themselves, it really is really powerful. Now, most coaches would not say to a player, just go over there and work on passing <laughs> and come back. And right. that's not what we're saying. Right. It's just not probably the most effective way to do it. But if we can send them off with some guidance, then they can um, use those tools and take them to a place where they wouldn't be able to on their own, but they also don't need our um, presence right there by them. Right. right. They don't need your contact by contact feedback. You exactly. know what? what Kessel calls guided discovery. Yes. Right. Hey, yes. they're on this journey of discovery and you're guiding them. Yes, absolutely. And, and you can guide them really, really gently and really powerfully. I've just seen some really cool things with this. But before I even get into that, I want to shout out one person who really got me thinking about this. And his name's Alex Hoppamaki. He's from Sweden. He's always on uh, Facebook coaches and trainers and okay. kind of pushing back on a lot of people because he teaches adults, right? And adults learn differently. And, um, they have to learn a little bit more methodically and have to sort of learn how to maybe unlearn some motor patterns and stuff like that. So it's a little bit more of a conscious pattern, but they, it's also more independent. They're, they're not on teams necessarily. They're just there because they want to learn the game of volleyball. So he got me really thinking about this and I just am stoked to, to share about it. So, um, okay. The first thing I want to say is they're in the, they're in the, exercise of becoming so i think there's a lot of times this idea like this is how you pass right and but we know as coaches it doesn't go from i don't know how to pass to i pass perfectly there's this becoming process there's no like the best passers in the world are working on their passing right so can we get them to just get invested in that process and the, there's some things i'm going to get to so first can we direct their attention to the high information areas? Ooh. Okay. So this Say that again. So can we direct their attention to the high information areas? Ah, so as an expert, you can tell them where those areas are. Right. Help them with that. Yes. And then let them kind of go with that. Exactly. Okay. And so I'm going to do an example of wall serving, okay. which I think would make a great interval drill and a great thing to do when you're in lines, you know, stuff like that. So wall serving is just me serving against the wall, right? And I 
go over and I just say, can you make the ball come back to you, right? Bounce back to you without bouncing, right? Simple. Simple feedback loop. Simple feedback loop, but super powerful because there's all sorts of things they can fix without knowing it to make the ball come back to them, right? Hit it straight. Hit it straight. And I don't need to talk about wrists and, you know, steps and all that stuff. But I also probably would not be talking about pinky toes, right? Because that's not a high information area. Right. It may be their pinky toes pointed out to the right, but it's not probably right. the most important thing. So maybe can I just get them with some opposition, you know, stepping with their left and then swinging with the right or whatever, wherever the high information areas for them at that time, right? Like I chose the left foot because that's, you know, kind of a youth thing. Like, can they step with the correct foot? Can they prepare their arm? You know, can they, you know, get the ball on their contact, whatever it is. And can you direct them towards that? Now this involves noticing. And there was this coach at our club that did a great little exercise where it was like, she would serve a ball and she would like dangle her left hand out to the side, kind of like, just <laughs> kind of like, I don't know, she was serving right-handed, but her left hand was just flying out to the left and just looked really weird. And she's like, what's my left hand doing? I don't know, you know? And the <laughs> idea is you don't need to look at your left hand to notice what your left hand is doing. But a lot of times, especially when they haven't been in sports, that is how they notice, they look. So one of the ideas I really like, and we had this in our gym in, uh, in the, at the Peninsula Y, is mirrors. Oh, right? yeah. So we'd be serving against the wall, but the wall was a wall of mirrors, which Ooh, was great. Okay. So they could see themselves do the thing, which is really cool. Obviously, they're looking at the ball a lot, but you know what I mean. So they can notice, right? Noticing is key. And you ask them, what did you notice? Did the ball come back to you? Yep. Okay, great. It did. Um, or, okay, it didn't. Now, wh how, what can we do, right? What can you do? And um, I really like the idea of, okay, it didn't come back to you. And, and a few times, you're not going to be like one rep, right? You come over, I don't know, three minutes later. Okay, check this out. And then you exaggerate what you want them to do, right? You show them in a sort of exaggerated manner, right? And so, again, I'm not really even telling them, step with their left foot. I'm like, check this out. What did you notice, right? And then you go back and you have them do the same thing. Uh, you know, can you make the ball come back to you? Okay, what did you notice? And they hopefully are noticing some important stuff, right? Or cool. some stuff that we're directing them to. And then, like you, you're great at this. Cool, show me that. And um, using the one that's doing it the best as the example, right? So yeah, I'm you know, I'm finding a model, right? Finding a model, right? And then so copy the model, copy the model, and it, it's a player, and she's stepping with the correct foot. Now, is her surf perfect? No, but she's she's doing the thing we're focused on right then really well. So and I like that. And it's a player. It's great stuff Two, maintaining attention. And we all know that this is difficult for everyone. Um, but the best way to get your athletes to pay more attention is to have the right amount of stimulus. So too little, they're bored too much. They're overwhelmed. And I think often we overwhelm them. Um, we want to put a lot in there but we can only hold so much in our short-term memory, right? And so give them a couple things, and especially with the younger ones, stepping with their left foot and contacting a ball that's in the air and making it come back to them, that's a lot, <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? So um, let them mess with that for a little while. But really, can they stay on that thing? Because it, it definitely is uh, very common to become distracted. You know, I'm serving and now I want to get a little silly or, you know, whatever. So can they just stay locked in for a little bit and you just get reminders? Oh, that's really cool. What'd you notice? You come back to them and then you also give them little challenges. So make it come back to you hard, right? Make it come back to you now that you're 
10 feet back further. Right. Take a step back every time right. you get it and then see how far you can get back. So yes. you make it a contest. And that adds to the stimulus, okay. right? Which makes it more interesting and it keeps their attention. Um, next. Again, a better word for corrections is mutations or morphs or something like that. Like I want to get away in my coaching from saying correct and incorrect because I think it's a little bit limiting, right? It's like, they're not going to be perfectly correct passers or servers, but they can still make their serve and they can still be in the process of becoming great. Right. So yep. I just like that idea of, can we morph it into a closer version of something that's going to be efficient? Yep. Can we so, get me more efficient, yes. more effective? Yes, absolutely. And not saying, no, no, that's wrong. Right. You know, no, try this, you know, that's way better than that's wrong. Right. What to expect when they're failing. Okay, this is really important to, to define the fail scenarios, right? So, um, and not that failing's bad even, but can we define what a fail is? A fail on this is when you're going to step with your right foot, right? A fail on this is when the ball goes to the side and you can't catch it, right? A fail is when the ball is tossed so poorly you can't hit it. So you define a few of the fail conditions so that it kind of acts as buffers for their learning, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they're not going to go too far off the off the range. And then finally, explain the acceptable way, ways to fail. And it's like, you hit that so hard you couldn't catch it. That's awesome. <laughs> right now, good for you. Not that you right. hit it, you hit you didn't catch it. It's like you ripped that one. And and so that's an acceptable way to fail. And that's the only acceptable way to fail is to hit it really hard right now. And if you miss side to side, so be it. So set up some acceptable ways to fail. And you've really got me thinking about this, Todd. Like we want every ball going over the net. So I always have a penalty right now for balls being hit in the net. Yeah. You know, I'm in the, I think good things happen when the ball goes over the net. Absolutely. We get rallies. Yeah. And so that's, it's, <laughs> it's framing failure, Yep. you know, and eliminating certain types of failure so that you get a, a failure type that brings you more towards being efficient. Right. So I think if people work with these ideas, I think they'll see more improvement. And I honestly think they'll see more joy uh, of the game and joy of learning in general. So I hope people check it out. Yeah, I think there's some other I want to throw another one at you in this, and that is setting up player to player feedback. loops. I like this one, too. Yes. And so one of the things we do with our 11s now, we get in pairs and, and I, I like the idea of freezing the platform after passing so they get an idea of where their contact place is because a lot of beginners will contact the ball real high and that's a, that becomes a problem when a tough serve comes at them and their platform is parallel to the ground and the ball right. goes behind them or goes back over their head. So... Uh, freezing and knowing where their platform is. And so we'll have, okay, one person is uh, tossing and catching and what we call passers catch. And then the other person is passing and has to freeze three times. So the catcher catches it and says a yes, no. Right. They look at the passer, is the passer frozen? And they go, yes, up oh, one. Uh, yes, two. Uh, nope, still two. Uh, yes, three. And then they switch places. So now we have players getting their attention, uh, 
getting their attention directed by their teammates. Yes, yes. And now we have learning, hopefully, on both ends. And I love that idea. So. I think that's such a good point, yes. And I've been trying to think of ways to get that to happen in my practice even more, yeah. Is your yeah. toss good? You know, is the toss off to the left or the right? You stand behind them, you know, and and we're, we're doing wall pairs serving. I'm going to yep. serve five, you're doing five, and I'm going to say, perfect toss. Oh, that yeah. was a little left. Yeah. You know, there's just so many different ways you can do that. And that will get them uh, thinking about their improvement too. Yeah. So. Well, and we, we talk about before, you know, lines and what people are doing when they're not actually, can they still be in a learning situation? Yes. Can you create those rich environments where they're still learning, even if they're really not touching the ball? I love it. Yeah. So people check it Good out. Good stuff. Yeah, Great absolutely. way to start the year, Davis. Thank you. So what is the scenario? Scenario is big picture okay coaching scenario get better in 2024 okay. so this is uh my plan to get better this year as a coach okay and i thought i'd share it with you and our listeners and hopefully uh maybe somebody can pick up a nugget or two and use it so Perfect. number and i have i have 10 of course you okay. know me at 10. uh number one keep reading oh uh right now i'm reading uh hidden potential adam grant and then I just bought uh, yesterday the book from John Foreman, yes. uh, The Perfect Drill. Tell, and, tell him about that one. That's yeah, well, cool. John, uh, John has a coaching volleyball uh, blog, puts out every week, and he is coaching now in the UK. Okay. Uh, but he did a book, and he, uh, he had everybody buying the book on one day. It was last Wednesday. Um, so I think he got the number one Amazon sports hey, book. It was, it was, nice. was two ninety nine, <laughs> and he put it out on all of his mailing lists. So I purchased one. I just started reading it and it's, uh, yeah, short book, easy reading, good stuff. So, uh, cool. that's number one. Keep okay. reading. I like it. Keep like reading. It. Number two, be more observant and talking about looking at practices. And I think a lot of times my eyes will often go to things that I don't like in practices. You know, I'll see a long line. I'll see a coach touching a ball a lot. Like, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. But can I be more observant? Hey, what are those little things that I can find that I do like, that I don't do uh, from both a uh, practice situation and then a tournament situation where you're okay. walking around a gym and you see a team and you can just kind of feel it when you see a team and you go, wait, that team's well coached. Look at them move. Yes. Look at them communicate. And then I'll just kind of, you know, sidle over next to that coach, time out and try to listen to what they're saying. Yeah. So there's being observant with the eyes, but being observant with the ears. What yes. are they saying? Can we pick up language? Are there cues that uh, I can use and steal? Love, um, Love that. Next one. Number three, ask more questions. And here are two of my favorites. I'm going to use you as a uh, guinea pig. Number one, Davis, what are you doing now that you weren't doing five years ago? Man, that, this is a great question. So I have come a little bit more back to doing drills. I'm using the hamburger, not the hamburger, those open face sandwich model, basically, okay. where you go drill, play, drill, play. But it, gotten, it had gotten to a point where I basically played all the time in, in these sort of eco D setups. To the point where Ojan's like, can you just do some drills? Like, so people <laughs> people think you can do a drill. 
<laughs> but yeah, so that's I think how I've changed a little. Okay, bit. Yeah. so yeah, you've uh, gone uh, gone kind of way over the edge, and then you're <laughs> yeah. coming moving back a moving little bit, back moving back. back. And then uh, next next one is what was the best decision you made last season? Okay, so two best decisions. One okay. was to continually focus on our side of the net, and especially in terms of the offense and what we do when we have the ball on our side of the net. So. Um, I didn't spend as much time on defense, especially early on. So that's one. And then the other is just patience. Like I was so patient. It felt, <laughs> it felt terrible. No, I'm just kidding. No, it was just hard. But, you know, I was so right. patient, but it definitely paid off. Right. Yeah. So it yeah. Was hey, good. making the decision to and to to be patient going in because yes. you have to plan it or, or it just doesn't happen. Absolutely. So, yes. Good stuff. Cool. Uh, number four, experiment. And one of my uh, things I'm doing now with the 11s is we don't call it homework. We call it home play. So we give <laughs> like them a little, uh, a little home play assignment at the end of practice. And we're doing things like uh, serving lifts. Can you okay. do, you know, uh, you know, how many sets of 10 lifts can you do? Lift and step and let the ball bounce. Okay. And just do those as homework. We did slide approaches with yes, our 11s. We cool. gave them home play to learn a slide approach. Uh, so I'm experimenting with things like that. Uh, so the kids that really want to can, those kids that really have the bug, can they set the standard for our team with experimenting with home play? That's cool. Uh, new drills and games. I told you the one I'm doing now, Uno. So that's the one I'm playing with now where we're, uh, experimenting with that, where we start, uh, we start two games of one-on-one and then when the, one of the ball goes out of play, uh, everybody else uno, and then they end up playing doubles with one ball. Cool. Uh, so, and you can go sixes to threes, fours to twos, uh, whatever uh, uh, even number you have there oh, to, so to go fun. half number. So uh, I'm experimenting with that. It's a new drill I'm experimenting with. Uh, next one, language. Uh, attacking arm swing and, you know, teaching 11-year-olds how to spike. And I'm trying to use the words I'm using now. We have mousetrap where I want that, I want that arm bent all the way back to kind of set that, that mouse trap. Yes. And then when they make contact, I want it to be a pizza box. I want them to be holding that ball up and I want that shelf up there. So their hands pointed up in the air because we want the ball going over the net. So playing around with uh, new terms, they're setting uh, the finish. I'm calling it hand. I used to say finish. Now I'm a handstand. We're doing a handstand on the ceiling. So their hands have to be big and flat. You can't do a handstand looking like you're holding two oranges. Uh, so you have these big flat hands when you finish setting. I like that. That's cool. Uh, I have a new uh, a new tech goal here. I'm starting a little okay. video library. So oh, cool. uh, bought a new phone. I have a new little cool tripod adapter and a video remote and new Dropbox account. And I'm... Uh, putting together some uh, a library of videos this year, 2024. Nice. That's awesome. That's uh, so cool. Number seven, uh, I'm looking to challenge some of my beliefs, and that is how fast is too fast. Uh, and, you know, hey, JJ is over at Arizona State. We know he was going super fast on the left. He was going yes. under a second on his go. He was going 0.8, eighth of a second on the go. And does that create more problems for us? Or the defense. Oh. And I don't know. I don't know. I right. think that's, we go, oh, it's too fast. It's going to create more problems for us. But he would, his hitters would get bad sets and just tip them into bad blocks. Yep. 
And so now it's so wait a minute. Well, even if the set's not great, we're still getting the advantage. That's a good point. And there's this idea that we're doing something different, that we're going faster. Is that, uh, does that give your team some kind of psychological advantage? I like that. And did you see real quick on uh, ball time, they have the new feature where it says the time that the set's oh, in the yeah, air. Yeah, 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 I, I love, love it. That. I love it, yeah. That's such a cool thing. It's cool, yep. Nice. Uh, and then the other one is I've always been a, uh, you know, quick attack, a fast one in front of the setter, uh, trying to go, you know, zero tempo and, and hit it before the blocks up. And, uh, with undersized middles this year, you know, big middles could still stop us without committing. And so should we be running away from the middle more? And so I'm looking at that super fast three now, should that be our go-to set? So oh, I'm kind of playing nice. around with okay. that. So that's challenging a belief. Uh, number eight, I'm doing a deep dive into setting. Uh, and the big question that I have for myself is what are my non-negotiables and how do I balance that with encouraging setting creativity? Oh, I like this one. This is cool. This is a nice balance. Uh, so how yeah. do I do that? And I think in the old days I was pretty dogmatic and I don't know how uh, much I was encouraging creativity. And now I think there's that element. How do I balance those two? Okay, I like that. Uh, number nine, coaching trips. Got to take some coaching trips. Yes. Uh, You're great. You know, at that. Yeah. Uh, going and watching some coaches and seeing some college spring practices. I'm not teaching anymore, so I can get out in the spring. Uh, you know, I'm in the gym a little bit now with club coaches, and then if I go to tournaments and just just uh, getting out of my you know, uh, what I do all the time and seeing the way other people are doing it. Right. There's a bunch of different ways. And of course, number 10, Davis, the favorite one of all, the volleypod. The volleypod. I get every, every week we sit down and talk volley. It doesn't Absolutely. get any better. It doesn't get any better. It does not. And I, I find myself going back and reminding myself, oh, that was such a good thing. We, yeah. we I got to do that. Yeah. It's easy <laughs> I to talk it, about I gotta it. I got to do it. You know, no. We know how to say it. Do we yeah. know how to do it exactly. in the gym? exactly all right i think that right, right i'll send on. it over to you for the videos yes okay so for the videos we're gonna go with um you know getting feedback from your players by mike telemontes he's at park university beach and he ran a6 maps for a little while i think this is a great one even when i run a great practice when i feel i run a great practice they may not feel that way so can i get some feedback from them and then three of the best coaches i know john dunning Todd Maddox and Karch. I'm right in there with those guys. You're, nice. You're in the mix. Sandwich right in between those <laughs> guys. I like absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> and this is error correction, but eight ways to get uh, giving feedback players that, to your players that benefits your players. But it actually is about becoming less of an error corrector and more of a, a good way observer. So yeah. that's a good way to do it kind of thing. And then finally, from Championship Performance, who, who puts out a bunch of um, videos and instruction stuff um, every year. We have a quiz to maximize learning for each player. This gets the players to kind of look internally and think of how they can make the most out of their own experience. It's pretty cool. Sweet. Those will be in the show notes. Sweet. So it's back to you for the resource of the week. All right, the resource. Well, we were both in Tampa uh, last month, and one of the people I reconnected with is Ruth Nelson. Yes. And Ruth Nelson is a Hall of Fame volleyball coach who now uh, – after retiring from college coaching, has dedicated herself to 
teaching young kids how to play volleyball and her program. She has a bunch of stuff she does. Uh, but this one is bringyourownparent.com. And she has seven and under and then eight and older. She has a program for training coaches uh, to run the program throughout the United States. And in general, she has these young kids say, hey, bring your parent in and we'll teach both of you how to do a little volleyball. So the nice. parent can play volleyball with the kids. I love that. And idea. it gets back. I think, you know, Japan was doing that back okay. when they first became a power back in the sixties. I think the guy that ran the program was he had like mama ball. Okay. And so they had all these mothers playing volleyball nice. and then they'd bring their kids. That's so cool. And that's how the, uh, that's how that all these kids got the bug. Oh man, that's going great. with their mama to mama ball. I love it. That's <laughs> such a cool idea. But Ruth is awesome. You got to check out her. Uh, she got a website. She's got all kinds of resources and materials. Uh, interesting stuff. She's a remarkable woman. Oh, absolutely. And we will put the link to that in the show notes as well. Yep. And uh, everyone check it out. So awesome. So please feel free to check us out on Instagram at aoc.thevolleypod and on Twitter at thevolleypod where we post our updates and let you know about any new episodes we got coming out. So thanks a lot, Todd. Super fun. Well done, my friend. Take Thank care, you. Davis. See you next time. Bye.